3-2 pitch. Curveball, belted deep to left field, and Alex Rodriguez has number one in the show. And it is 8-4, he came back with a breaking ball. A curveball, and Alex Rodriguez in that pile. Hi, this is Emily Nyman, and you're listening to Breaking Balls. Misdemeanor on the floor, pretty boy, here I come. Pumps in the bump, make you want to hurt something. I can take your man, I don't have to sex something. Hey everyone, this is Emily Nyman, and the very first episode of Breaking Balls. This week, we're going to talk about COVID-19, Major League Baseball, how it's being affected, Minor League Baseball, Trump calling Alex Rodriguez for advice, and everything and anything that I feel like talking about. So let's first get into COVID-19 and how it's affecting Major League Baseball. You know, I see some of you on Twitter, really hopeful, getting frustrated when the dates keep getting pushed back that I really think that it's time to uh, face face facts here. We are not getting baseball in 2020. This is going to literally sweep the country and the same things that we're seeing happen in New York with people not adhering to the social distancing and, and quarantining and staying out of each other's faces, that's going to happen throughout the entire country. So baseball is not going to happen because Toronto, that's already shut their stadium down until June 30th, and all these other places that are shutting down public places for months, there won't be enough time to figure out to then readjust the schedule to have teams playing at other stadiums and having their home games here. It's, it's a mess. And I think that it's just time to accept that it's not happening. Maybe look forward to 2021 and just hope that this all goes away as soon as possible. Yesterday, when I started recording a little bit, I was saying that I was excited about Major League Baseball's response to COVID-19 and uh, that they seem to finally be doing the right thing after all these years of just seemingly fucking up, where you know they set up a $30 million fund to assist ballpark workers and are donating money to organizations to feed the elderly and children and uh, agreed to uh, provide financial compensation for minor league baseball players, which uh, was really something that I, I, I mean, I had a feeling it would happen, but it's Manfred. It's, it's major league baseball that I wouldn't have been surprised if it didn't happen. So I was really gung ho and really, really proud of the league. And then today, even with the news of the minor league baseball players being paid through a later date, we find out that then they cut a bunch of minor leaguers. And it's like, okay, well, that sort of defeats the purpose here. So you only kept some on where you then got rid of a bunch of other ones and in the middle of literally a global crisis and an international uh, a financial crisis as well, where now these guys are going to have no way to get any sort of income. They are going to, it's just going to be a nightmare. And it just looks really bad on Major League Baseball, a, a company that brings in, you know, record revenue year after year and has uh you know 11 billion dollars and it's just it's just sick it's just wrong and i'm i'm sure you know lucky me i set up a a line too for all you lucky fans to call in and ask questions make comments that after this one i can't wait to hear all the absolute boot licking people that are going to be adding me and defending billionaires for some reason like as if you're ever going to fucking be one please bring it on i'd love to hear it i'd love to have the fight so if you want, give me a call. The number is 631-820-7377. Or you can find me on Twitter at mshedoesit. That's E-M-S-H-E-D-O-E-S-I-T. So I don't know if any of you noticed. Maybe you did because it was playing right in your fucking ear. 
but in my opening that playback of that recording of someone said was Alex Rodriguez's first home run in the show which was on June 12, 1995 off uh, Tom Gordon of the Kansas City Royals and um, now that I have this uninterrupted time where I can't have anybody adding me right away to say some shit I really just wanted to talk about A-Rod and shitting on all of the haters year after year I mean now how do you guys feel just eating shit Every year, I mean, first he retires, everyone, you know, he's he's the, the black sheep of, of the Major League Baseball family, and you think that he's just going to now just go away and just be secluded because he fucked everything up and everyone hates him. Instead, he has made, he's been like a phoenix rising from the fucking ashes. That first he gets a job as a commentator on Sunday Night Baseball, and he's excellent. Then... He starts dating and he's fucking engaged, gives a $2 million rock to Jennifer Lopez, who is hotter than anybody that anyone here listening has ever fucked in their life. And now three, this man is literally getting phone calls from the president of the United States for his advice during an unprecedented national emergency and global pandemic. I mean, all of you people on Twitter or wherever else you love to complain about him, with your anonymous profile pictures and saying, oh, well, he cheated, I hate him, blah, blah, blah. It's like, keep yelling into the void, people, because every time you say that, it seems that this man who already has it all gets even more, and it's something that you would think is crazy and would never be possible. I mean, a year, a year ago, if you had told me four years ago, Alex Rodriguez is going to get a call from President Trump and he's going to be asking for his advice. I'd be like, whoa, first of all, President Trump fucking pumped the brakes. Second of all, the president, I don't care who he is, is calling A-Rod? I don't think so. And now look, here we are. Just a masterpiece that couldn't be painted or written by any of the greatest artists of all time. And just how do you guys feel about that? I really want to know. How does it feel? Call me or at me. I really need to know. Okay, and since this is the first show, I figured, and, and I really never wanted this to have to be a thing, but because of some of the shit that I read on Twitter, some of these people are saying, I feel like I have to have almost like a, a fundamental section of a podcast or something, because I shit you not, the other day I saw someone say that they are more impressed by doubles and that home runs would be outs or they're just fly balls if there was no fence there. And it's like, okay, well... Yeah, I mean, if we, we could do that with literally anything in life that, oh, it, you know, if this thing wasn't there, then that thing would be totally different. It's like, yeah, great fucking point, genius. But either way, how is a double more impressive than a home run? Like, do people, how do people talk about this game as frequently as they do and, and pay attention to it, but seemingly not know a fucking thing about it? That the whole object of the game is to score runs. But the hit that only gets you to fucking second base is the most impressive, and, and that's the most of the the most impressive of a pure hitter, motherfucker. No, it's not. A double. Most of them in Major League Baseball are what they careen off the outfield wall. They hit the middle of the wall. Guess what that means? Is it great? Yeah, of course. But it means that the fucking hitter wasn't strong enough or didn't hit the ball in the, right in the sweet spot to hit it over the fucking fence. So. Don't sit there and try to tell me, like, uh, it was, you know, this is a very sound hitter. It's like, yeah, they're all fucking sound hitters. They're literally the best hitters in the world. That's why they're getting paid millions of dollars to do this. The best hitters, though, are the ones that hit the ball over the fucking wall way more than anybody else. To say that the doubles are, don't even get me started about the people that are like, uh, Tony Gwynn is the, or 
Pete Rose is the best hitter of all time. It's like, no, no, no. Having the most hits doesn't make you the best hitter. The object of the game is to score as many runs as possible. So the best hitters are the ones that hit for extra bases, doubles, sure, triples, and home runs. Getting on base is important. That's why walks are important. Singles are important. But the object is to round the bases and come home and score a fucking run. So if you have anything to say and you think that any other hit besides one that goes over the wall for a home run is somehow better than that, please let me know. Again, my number is 631-820-7377. I really would love to hear your argument. We're going to be recording the phone call, so you'll be able to be on here if you want. And I just, I would love the banter. So please give me a call or at me. Since we're in this weird hiatus where there's no baseball going on, there's no sports going on, there's really not much of anything going on. We're all kind of stuck in our homes. Everyone's online and interacting, and because there's nothing new to argue about, all the old arguments are still coming up. And one of my favorites that's always so weird to me is, you know, and I've never been much of a 27 rings sort of fan anyway. That's never been something that I use in any sort of argument to prove anything because it's it doesn't prove anything. It's not really a trump card like people think it is because, yeah, they have more championships. The Yankees have more championships than any other franchise in history, but it still doesn't mean anything as far as today's game is concerned like the championships of years past don't have any bearing on this team as we know it now but with that being said people that try to say that the championships that happened a long time ago don't matter like I see constantly Astros fans Red Sox fans being like oh those championships happened before you were born and it's like so what a lot of shit happens before we're born. Imagine if you could be in like history class and being like, excuse me, teacher, uh, it doesn't matter because it happened before I was born, so no, it doesn't have any bearing and it has no, no say on, on anything today. It's like, these things happen. If you're going to talk about, you know, oh, they haven't won a championship in, in X amount of years, it's like then you're now opening the door for the 27 rings conversation. People who just drop it in the middle of a regular conversation about today's game, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But I've seen plenty of times opposing fans want to come talk and be like, oh, the Red Sox have won three times, four times in the last few years. Like, oh, the Astros just won in 2017. And then they use that as like some sort of like, fuck you to the Yankees. And it's like, well, if we're going to start counting rings, then it's not our fault that your teams were fucking trash for a long ass time and couldn't win shit. And this team did. I know it all happened before we were born, but... Them's the breaks, people. If you're going to fucking enter that that conversation into the argument, you can't then be like, oh, no, I'm going to arbitrarily draw this line and say that this that they only count after this year. But, of course, the funny thing is, is that with the Yankees, use whatever fucking decade you want. It's like you just... People are like, oh, the ones that happened when Ruth, that was a long time ago, you know, it, the game was different. And it's like, yeah, of course it was. It was very different. But... Okay, you want to stop there and, and not count those for some reason? Sure, and then count them whenever your fucking team came around. And guess what? Chances are the Yankees are going to have more fucking rings than your team, even if you count them from the inception. So just, if you don't want to hear about the 27 rings, stop fucking bringing up ring count. But we know people still will bring it up, so I'm sure this won't be the last time that I rant about it on this show. But moving on to the next thing that I saw. Recently, it came out that even if the game, the season is suspended... The GM for the Astros and the coach, you know, Hinch and Lunau, they are, their suspensions will still count and they'll be able to get jobs back in baseball starting in 2021. And people are pretty upset about that. Um, I can understand why they're upset, except 
that I feel like there's always this disconnect between fans that they don't realize that they don't really want to think about the business end of this sport, which is a little odd to me since it's literally a multi-billion dollar business. So it's kind of hard to, you know, brush that under the rug and pretend like it doesn't exist and like it isn't a factor in every single decision that's made by players, coaches, uh, teams, owners, even fans. You know, we, we complain about ticket prices. We can't go to games. and It's all about money, people. So... The reason why it still counts is because I'm, it's not just about the games. It's not that, oh, they didn't miss a season. It's like, yeah, they, didn't, they won't technically have missed a season of games, but they missed a season of money. They don't have a job right now. Even all the players and the managers, because they con- have contracts with these teams, they've now made deals and they're working on deals anyway because this is obviously an unprecedented situation. The you know the contracts that they have in place now they don't really account for any sort of pandemic situation, but they're working on it. And players are getting paid you know less. They're not going to get their full payment. And the same thing is going to be for managers, general managers, and um, front office staff. Obviously, you have a lot of people that are going to be let go, but you have a lot of people that aren't. So that's what it's about. It doesn't matter that they didn't actually get to, you know, be the GM or or sit in and be a coach or be a manager. It's they don't make any money this year. Other people in the league, even if they don't play a single game, people that are hired by the league, they still will make money. These guys aren't. So you can't then sus- extend their suspension and then have them and then remove their ability to make money in Major League Baseball for a second year. That's a two-year suspension. That's not what they got. They got a year suspension, and you can say if you don't like that or you think that it's not good enough, I understand that, but there, it makes no sense to be like, oh, they didn't play any games, so the suspension should carry over. That's not how it works. It's all about missing money, where in, I think, Herman's case, I saw people like, oh, well, that means his should count. Now, I'm not really sure. I, I should have looked at it before I started, but I'm not really sure if there's just a game suspension. I don't think they're suspended without pay. I, I think that he's just suspended from games, in which case I would imagine his suspension will carry over because if he's still getting paid, then it's just an in-game suspension and it won't count if they don't play any games this year. That's when it does count. And that's always been a strange thing. That and Going back to when all this news broke about the Astros and cheating and, and whatever else, there was so people were enraged about the inability to punish the players, which I can, I totally get. Um, it seemed unfair and it seemed like these guys got away with it. And despite the fact that now this is going to follow, follow them and their legacy forever, they'll never be able to live this down and it will taint everything that they do from here on out. So the old guys, whatever, but the young guys, they're, they're done for. But people were calling to fire Manfred and hashtag fire Manfred and he doesn't do his job. And this, I feel like there is just a confusion as as to what his job actually is. His job isn't to please the fans. His job, he's literally hired by the 30 owners and he's hired to protect their interests. And he's not hired to protect the sanctity of the game as far as the fans are concerned. He's there to make money for the league and as long as he continues to do that and this league continues to make more and more money, which of course it does, the why would the owners fire him? I mean, People, you guys are very, everyone's really upset still about the Astros, but I've yet to see any opposing fans from the Astros try to organize a boycott, say that they're going to stop watching, say that they're going to do anything that would possibly affect the bottom line of Major League Baseball. So why why would the owners fire Manfred? 
you're still gonna pay money as soon as the season comes back. You're crying about there being no baseball and how you know this sucks and you can't wait. You wish you were at the stadium. So, and what? Why would they fire him? Why would the own? Why should the owners fire Manfred? I mean, can anyone give me a sound reasoning for why the owners should get rid of Manfred and bring in somebody else? I please, I really want to hear something because I feel like people don't think about it from the actual money standpoint when they say they want him gone. But now that I've introduced that to some people, maybe, what is the reasoning for firing Manfred? This, this league makes more money every single year. They make literally money hand over fist every year. Why would they fire him? Please, give me a call or at me. I really would love to know. Now, I'm sure like many of you, I um, I frequently use fan graphs. It's uh, since everything going on now with the MLB not playing, a lot of sites like that, you know, they're losing revenue because obviously there's not as much traffic, I would imagine, and there's just not as much interest because there's nothing going on. So I'm sure nothing but super fans like me and like everyone here listening there. Most people aren't doing this kind of stuff all year round, no matter what's going on. So um, I recently joined, became a member. If you guys use it, I, I encourage you to as well. You know, it's a great tool to use and it's really helped me learn a lot more about this game that I thought I knew a lot about. I mean, I've always ascribed to the idea of, of forever being a student of the game. It's this game is unlike any other sport that you know it's it's not your typical get the ball or the puck in the opposing team's net that's on the opposite side of this square rectangle or this rectangular shaped field where you can control a clock and possession can switch on on a dime and because of that it, it brings an an element to the game that um, I feel like other sports maybe maybe I'm just ignorant to other sports uh, so it's easy for me to say but I feel like this game has way more room to grow and, and evolve than any of the other sports and it's nothing it's never anything huge where like oh all of a sudden this game's now going to be you have to run to third instead of running to first and 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 go that way but just strategy and, and how to uh, best score runs because the power struggle between the pitcher and the batter is so lopsided the pitcher is at such an advantage and always has been that the strategy for hitters now is we're seeing it evolve and a lot of people are, are pushed back against that and it's really odd to me because you know I get it I I, I can admit I, I recently I, I barely even knew about analytics until very recently in the last few years or so that despite having played you know I played for um, this game was my life for 15 years I played all year round I you know had practice because I would play on multiple teams seven days a week. Then, you know, after my career was over, I did my own lessons. I gave hitting, fielding instruction. And even then, I felt always as a student of the game that there was always something you could work on. There's always something that you could perfect because no one's perfect. That's something that this game really shines a light on, that nobody's perfect. There's always room for improvement. You're going to mess up way more than you succeed. Offensively, on defense, you're going to make errors. It's going to happen. But... When I was introduced to analytics, thanks, thank you, thanks in large part to this online community, I didn't push against it. I, even if it if it flew in the face of something that I may have believed before I I got into it, I, I embraced them. That I wanted to know as much about this game as I possibly could. I wasn't going to sit there and be like, no, it doesn't. Agree. <laughs> I don't agree with any of this, so I'm going to pretend like it's fake or it's made up, and I'm going to call people nerds for for learning about it. And it's just a really weird mindset to me because. There are so many things. I mean, the stats as we knew them were so rudimentary. It was ba- it was just basic math. So to say that that's the only level of analyzing of numbers that there possibly could be, and this is the only thing in life that that's the case that we can analyze numbers insane to insane degrees and everything else, but 
baseball is the only one that just rudimentary numbers. There's no looking into them further than that whatsoever. To say that just to save your own ego is a bizarre move. That nothing, of course it's ironic because people that are afraid to maybe either be wrong or not know something or be ignorant to something, people that are afraid to say that or admit that, it ends up getting you filed in the, you know, they, they think that because they don't want it, they don't want people to think they're stupid. They don't want people to think that they're insecure. But of course, that false bravado and that like know-it-allness as far as just being like, nope, nope, you're wrong in the face of new information, that gets you filed in the stupid slash insecure file. So just no one thinks you're stupid until you start pulling that bullshit. And you start pulling the, oh, you know, like then then doing the thing where oh they you never played or you you know you must be 12 years old or you must live in your mom's basement and it's like you can say that all as much as you want if it makes you feel better i guess it's kind of weird but i don't understand how that is any sort of like rebuttal to an conversation about you know advanced advanced statistics and you know traditional statistics and and how that makes your argument better or or give it more validity that just embrace something new this game is really hard and and be grateful that one of the sports that you love so much has so much new to offer that it's not just the same fucking thing over and over again and i feel like that is a lot to do with why i have never really been able to get into any of the other sports and i apologize to anyone listening who are super fans of you know football hockey um basketball because i just i've tried i can't get into it I don't know why, but I I think that it has a lot to do with it. I I feel like those games can be stagnant, that strategy rarely changes, that the teams that are the best teams because of how the game is played with a possession and, and being able to control the clock and being able to control possession for an entire game potentially, that that sort of turns me off to it. Because sure, you know, I know football has a saying like, oh, any given day, but that really holds true for baseball. Any team can win or lose on any given day. But in the other sports, that doesn't really happen as much. The better team usually wins, and that's why their seasons are so much shorter, because they don't need as large of a sample size to really flesh things out to figure out who rises to the top. But in baseball, it's not the case. And that makes the game hard, and that makes strategy that much more difficult. And it's why teams are constantly looking for new avenues and new ways to push runners across the plate and make the best of their time when they have it uh, when they have the offense up and when they're hitting that other team other sports don't really have that the playbook is you know kind of the same football they've been doing the same plays hockey same same thing the same plays for all these years but baseball you know they're changing they're they're able to analyze and they're able to you know delve deeper into the numbers and delve deeper into into how players prepare and how they practice and and study and how they adjust, make adjustments and that's the thing this game is so based on the minuscule adjustments and the more we know about the numbers and the more we know about even just a, a, a millimeter of of where a player's hands are held, that can make all the difference in the world. So to say that you want to just, you know, ignore analytics and it's just a bunch of nerds and just pay attention to these rudimentary numbers that don't give you any information whatsoever, it flies in the face of really what this game is about and what makes this game so beautiful is that there's always something to learn. 
there's we're all students of the game whether you want to admit it or not so you can either continue to learn and you can continue to be a student and, and take up as much information as you possibly can to know as much as you possibly can or you can sit there and stick your fingers in your in your ears and think that you know everything about it and get left in the dust while this game moves on forward without you all right that about wraps it up for this week I really want to thank everyone for checking me out and listening to what I have to say. And I know a lot of you are coming from Twitter and, and I really appreciate your, your interaction and, and your banter way more than I could possibly express here. And even more than that, thank you so much for listening to this and, and supporting this endeavor of mine. You know, this, this game means a lot to me and talking about it is a, a great, it's a great passion of mine. It's been a passion in my life for a very long time. So I'm really happy that I'm able to have that passion evolve just as the game does so um i just want to thank my producer and engineer daniel on twitter he's at dj bingington uh, i really want to thank my 10 year old niece tess for making the graphic for breaking balls uh, she did it i didn't even have to ask her it was such a sweet surprise she's just the best and um we're gonna be dropping an episode every saturday so come check it out next week and Again, you guys can call me. You can call me at 631-820-7377 leave a message or email me at mshedoesit at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter just screaming into the void uh, 24 hours a day at mshedoesit. Catch you guys next week. <laughs>